Hello and welcome to episode one of the third series of Cherry Jam. Uh, it might as well be a new series because we've got new fixtures. That's how it works. Uh, I'm Ed Price and I'm joined by Lawrence Landry and Jim Harley. Uh, James Eastwood or Snowy is um, currently stuck in traffic um, uh, somewhere in the northwest after following an accident, but hopefully he'll be joining us. Uh, Russ Brooks, otherwise engaged, but he will join us in a few weeks' time. Um, anyway, uh, we've got a quite a bit to talk about tonight, um, mainly uh, international rugby, obviously, over the last few weeks. But um, let's first of all touch on uh, some new signings for Gloucester Rugby. Um, the first one we'll go through is um, uh, probably the, the most recognisable name of the recent signings, um, although that isn't really hard. Uh, it's uh, Ben Meehan from uh, formerly of London Irish, Australian scrum half, um, left London Irish, I want to say, was it March? February, March, I think, for personal reasons. Um, and uh, it turns out those personal reasons is he want to play in Sherry and White. So um, that's good. Um, what do we all think of um, Ben Meehan? Obviously, it's another scrum half. That means we've got four. Um, so it's quite a few. But what, what are our thoughts on him? Well, I I just think you say, you know, that's four. But the scrum half is such a key position. I mean, it is without question the most skillful position on the field. And, <laughs> and and I just think yes, you, you you need a little bit of strength in depth. Um, obviously, we've got our, our you know our Ita- um, Italian international guy that's going to be away for a while. So yeah, when when he's off, when Steve's off, it, it, it's kind of we need we need that, don't we? Mm. Um, so we Steve, yeah, that. Stephen Varney, Stephen uh, Stefano Varney uh, off <laughs> yeah. with uh, off with Italy uh, probably in the. In the autumn and the Six Nations, um, so we, we need the cover yeah. and to have. To, and actually, I think it's worked really well. It's probably worked really well for Varney um, in the last season, having such competition. Yeah, it, it's improved his game because it, you know even as an international, and, not, and he's a very young international, but as an international, you would normally expect to be first choice. But obviously, with Hines, that he, he wasn't first choice; he was second choice. So. He's had to really fight hard to to, to get um, to get match time, and I think that's that's what you that's what you want um, across the field. You want people needing to perform um, and needing to kind of just 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 to be aware, really, that if they're not performing on the Friday night, Saturday afternoon, whatever, and they're not putting the shift in in the training field, then there is some. It's not a case of you've got to be fucking awful for someone else to take your spot. It is right, we're rotating and you've got to win yeah. your spot back. And I think that will that will benefit everyone. And it'll, you know, not just not just the nines, but it'll obviously benefit the whole squad if we've got real competition for places. Mm-hmm. I must admit when we first signed him, I thought, oh that's great. We need we need an experienced scrum half category the season with two um 21 or 22 year old scrum halves only. So we need an experience with else and I remember we still got Joe Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then I always think, do, do we need this lad? Because um, I, I know we've lost um, Hines, so he'd be, the in essence, a direct replacement for him. But when we signed Simpson, Varney and Chapman hadn't really stepped up to the plate like they have done. So I was a bit surprised. So I can't help but think we need a top-class tight end over. I know I go on a pay all the time. Yeah, but... I suppose the only the only thing you've you've got to bear in mind is with Charlie Chapman. Uh, it's me mentioned on Shadow, and I, and I, I it didn't even cross my mind because again, I, like you, Loz, I forgot we had Joe Simpson. Um, 
you know, he's been really unlucky with injuries, I suppose, in the last year. Um, but um, Chapman, at some point, is probably probably one going to want um, some international uh, caps, etc. And I'm not sure what the rules are with the Scottish about whether they have to be playing in Scotland. But I think there's a preference a preference isn't there for uh, for, for having them playing in Scotland. Um, I don't, I don't oh, think it's, it's a, I don't think it's a necessity, but I think it's a preference over over being elsewhere. So I wonder if that's maybe some thinking into it. One thing with uh, Mian though, he's also English. He's also an English qualified player, isn't he? CGP. Yeah, and of course, yeah. As soon as as soon as Chapman gets a cap with Scotland, he then becomes a Scottish qualified player. Mm. So you know, there's that's so that, that be, yeah. is that is that yeah. is that a thing? Even though even though he is qualified. Well, he won't be. He, he, he yeah, gets, if he gets a Scottish gets cap, a cap he's got to be English qualified. Yeah, because he can't then be qualified for England if you're um, tied to another nation, can you? Mm. No, so um, yeah, so that that was the first one. So I mean, I personally, I, it's difficult because I generally don't watch other players with other teams very much. I'm, my my sort of general thoughts on Mean was that he's quite a nippy, um, sort of snipey type scrum half. Um, I might be entirely wrong on that. Well, that was my sort of impression. Yeah. When there's when probably he, a few oh, other. I couldn't tell you what it was like. There's a few no. other, a few other players from a few other teams that if we'd assigned, you'd know lots more about. Yes. Um, uh, mind you, we, not... we know more about him than, let's say, the next person I'm going to mention. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so uh, Gloucester also announced this week a few other signings. Uh, we also picked up another uh, an Irish player, um, uh, a hooker, um, Harry Elrington. Sorry, not hooker. Sorry, it was a prop, isn't he? Harry Elrington, um, who uh, is a, a loose head prop um, and uh, joins... Um, Again, not a huge amount of knowledge of him. Um, George Skivington, obviously, I think he's previously worked with him um, when he was a London Irish. Um, so he's probably on his radar. Um, it's another prop. It's pretty much all you can say, really, isn't it? I don't think there's a huge amount of additional stuff we can really... No, and I think, I think that's just... It's clearly... It's clearly just George has got some guys that he, you know, he knows, he remembers from... Um, from, from Irish mm. and and no doubt has wanted to have them in his new squad wherever that new squad is and that's in Gloucester um, because he really rates them and and you would hope that he knows what he's talking about yeah you know and and actually you know we can we can harp on about what George did last year and how it started poorly and finished okay. <laughs> so hopefully he has got a little bit of nice and understands what makes a good professional rugby player. And if we can get a couple of guys, because let's be honest, if you're, I'm not going to say a journeyman, but if you're a, a professional rugby player with no real ties to a, to a particular club um, and you're currently playing London Irish and Gloucester come along, then that is a bigger club and that is a, bigger call-up and are the, the majority of uh, players are going to be quite keen to, to make that move. So I think we're still lucky in that, in that respect in Gloucester, even though we haven't had massive successes recently. We yeah. are a big name in rugby, so I think we've got a bit of a bit of a draw that some of these youngsters will go, oh yeah, Gloucester are interested, that's good. You know, much like you know, if you're Leicester or you're Northampton, you know, they 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 will 
prick their ears up and, and be interested. Whereas I'm trying to think of another team, probably Worcester is probably the only one that you go, oh, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> well, yeah, true. I um, mean, so uh, we'll lead on to more of Loz's territory here as, a, as someone who actually played in this position. Uh, we also signed a second row. Um, Will Britton from uh, Doncaster Knights. I believe some relation to uh, Corey Britton, formerly of Gloucester. Um, uh, he apparently, he, he previously went through the, um, the Bath Academy um, and uh, then signed for Doncaster Knights. I noticed that on, on the website, um, Alex Brown mentioned that he's, uh, Will is someone we've looked at for a while now. And after speaking with him, we were impressed with his ambition to really push on. His age profile and attitude are exactly what we're looking for. And we exci- we're excited to see how he performs. He's a big unit. He's six foot five um, and 117 kg. I've no idea what that means in real terms, but um, that sounds a lot. Um, so he's a big unit. Um, you know, Loz, any any immediate thoughts other than he's a big unit and uh, we could do with another big unit in the second row? He's an English qualified player. <laughs> he is an English qualified player. Yeah, yeah this this might uh, this is going to be, I think, a, a bit of a theme over the coming years. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know anything about the lad. Um, no. Yeah, he, as you said, so what? One hundred and seventeen kilos is about eighteen stone, something like that, maybe a bit, bit under that. So yeah, he's a decent sized chap, isn't he? Hmm. Um, hopefully, he's a little a little gem that um, we've managed to pick up, but. It, it, yeah, it comes on to the, the final, the final one, mate, and and, and I'll, I'll let you sort of say your piece on this, and and and, and um, we'll, we'll talk about it generally about the signings. So we've also signed uh, a Namibian international back rower. Um, I've got no if, idea if I'm pronouncing this properly, but Vian Conradi is. I'm going to guess what it's how you pronounce it. He's uh, again a former Doncaster Knight um, and is joining us from the New England Free Jacks. Again, no idea what a free jack is, but um, he's uh, 26 years old. Um, apparently, he's, I mean, they put through put a, put together a little highlights package of his time in in America, and it involved mainly hitting people at great speed and uh, running in tries, etc. Um, again, it's difficult to know really how impressive yeah. he be. Yeah, <laughs> well, American. The overlying feeling I got was just like piss poor to tackle it. <laughs> that was well, that's, that that's was the thing, yeah. isn't it? There, there are players that are used to playing at a certain level and being amazing, and then all of a sudden they come against people that actually know what they're doing, and their entire game plan is just smashed out the window because they run into people that just tackle them. We've said we need someone other than Pledry to step up to the plate when it comes to carrying. Yes. Ackerman done it a little bit towards the end of last season. Um, but not perhaps as to the to the intensity of Pledry. Um, yeah, it's it, um, but, I think we, you know I think it's difficult Ackerman, to recognize. Ackerman was Ackerman was um he'd come in with speed and pace, but for a tackler. You can kind of just get him in your sights, right? That's my guy. It's going to hurt. He's going to be strong. Bosh, you can see the meter or two, and the tackle's made. Whereas Pelledri is so explosive. Yeah, well, Pelledri so does go for the eagle thing. The thing is, with Ruin, he's a typical South African in that he looks for contact and he also looks to try and um, to, to, to dominate people rather than actually, and, and I, I will get the better of you when I will go straight through you. 
fine, but it's a lot easier to pick that outside shoulder and try and go through someone and beat the tackler when they haven't got their full body weight going, which is what a lot of what Pledri does when he goes to, uh, and what the top players do when they try to carry well. They don't yeah. go straight into the nearest person. They look to try and hit a, sho- a shoulder. And that's, um, what, this... that's what worries me about guys that kind of have come through the age groups and come through, you know, the lower levels of um, semi-professional rugby, that if they can dominate physically, then actually they don't need to have the same skill set. Mm. Whereas if if you're kind of one of these guys that's always been a bit lightweight, um, then then actually you have to be more skillful. You have to go for the soft shoulders. You have to have better feet. You have to do all that other stuff. And then if you just by chance when you hit 24, suddenly put on another 10, 15 kilos, then all, oh, hello. It's kind of, you, you've already got all that, plus you've got a little bit more smash as well. Yeah. So, if, if this lad turns out to be a player as standard as someone like Jack Berger, wasn't he? He was the, the Midian. Yes, he was Saracen. the Saracen. Saris, yeah. If he, if he, if he, he ends up right, being that, Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if he end, I'd never heard of him before he'd signed for Saris. So, you know, if he ends up being a... The, that sort of standard player, then then great. Um, but who was it in our chat? Turn around and said it sounds like we can't. We run it and money to buy South African. So oh, me, I said it's, it's South Africans, but cheaper. But I, I, yeah. I, 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 there is a bit. I mean, look, I'm I'm kind of tongue in cheek on that one. But let's be honest. All those uh, all the signings we've made realistically are going to be on the cheaper side. Even Ben Meehan, probably. You know, you, you know, he's, he's not Willie Hinesman, is he? Yeah, no. Um, so, you know, and, and at, at the end of the day, the change with the uh, removal of relegation for the next few years, the focus now on English, English qualified players, you get the feeling that there's going to be uh, of one or two of these lads that may be like, you know, Van Rady, who's who's uh, obviously not English qualified, but um, is uh, probably a nice little um maybe rough diamond that's out there. It's difficult to judge because as I said, the standard of rugby they're coming from is nowhere near the same as it is in the, in England. Um, with, with regard to what we've got coming up in the next couple of years, you say about that relegation, the, the, the rules are changing on the players, aren't they? You've got to have fit a minimum of 15 English qualified players in the 23 each week. That's the plan. So yeah. The, 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 thing which wor- one, yeah. the thing which worries me is we've got the Georgian, we've got the, the, the Russian and now we've got the Namibian. Mm. Thus, when are they going to play? Because obviously, if, if, if we've got to make sure we've got 15, non, uh, 15 EQPs in, mm-hmm. then you're not going... They, they, they really do have to be the old rough, uh, the hidden gem, don't they? Because you think about it, Jordi Reid, we got Alamano. Um, see, the likes of Alamano or Craig will take up one of the spaces, well, probably potentially two of the spaces, Alongside Slate, and then Slater in the second row, and you know they'll either start or they'll be on the one of them will be on the bench and one starting. Um, our our uh, second Chris, choice, Chris Harris. Well, I was going to say our second choice hookers in our, our second choice hookers in Argentinian. Our first choice winger and first choice eight side centres are, are, are Welsh and Scottish. Our, our up until me and who's Australian but EQP, our, our potentially our first choice scrum half was Italian. Jordy Reid, have I mentioned him? He's Australian. Australian. He's a, yep. He might be EQP, I suppose, because I don't know. It just worries me that when we sign it, you know, we got, don't get me wrong, the Georgian looks a decent player and he's not going to start. It doesn't matter because Chris Harris has that spot anyway, doesn't it? But I'm just concerned a little bit about if we're signing, these do really need to be yeah. decent 
turn out to be the old uh, hidden gems because otherwise we're signing second-rate players to take up our so I, I, EQP I, slots. I think for the so I, my understanding is in the these EQP rules they're not going to come into force for uh, another couple of seasons. And I get I get the feeling that some of these signings, for example, where you've got players like um, Chapman, Varney, um, you've got uh, Craig, Alex Craig, you've got people like um, so the Russian, the Georgian, um, and uh, and uh, the new new, new Namibian. Um, they're probably going to be on two-year contracts. They're probably not going to be in a position, you know, they'll be a couple of years older. And if they're brilliant and they're amazing, brilliant, we can sign them on uh, maybe for an extension. If they're not, thanks very much. Did the job. Stop gap. You won the hopefully then is the lads from the academy and then pushing up for a place. I think that's, that that's, seems that's to the be the that seems to be the, the the plan. And again, you know, the this EQP rule isn't set in stone. I think it's an, I think it was an ambition. I don't think it was particularly. Um, it, it wasn't a, a definitive point in the in this in this new system. So it might be again. It, you know, you might find that some other, and it's not just us as well. This isn't just going to be an affecting glosses. It's going to be affecting every no. single team. Of course, and, yeah, and, but and I get. And I take your point, though. Yeah, no, no, I yeah. take your point, and it's a really good point. It's a really good point because you're going to find this is going to be a big thing. You know, when you when Gloucester have got to look at which players do they want to retain or want to offer contracts to. We all obviously want to see Reece Summit retained because he's young, mm. he's, inc- he's incredibly talented, but unfortunately he's Welsh, which means that's a space that's going to be taken up in yeah. terms of non-EQP. But also, but also I think um, rather than what players have you got, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a funny one because we'll have all the other clubs that are thinking the same. So mm. there'll be really, really good players that are being let go because they're not English qualified. So actually, you might have a really, really good squad player that's being let go by another top club, and you've got a really good squad player that's that you kind of oh we'd love we'd love to keep him, but actually he's not as good as that guy that they're getting rid of, because they have to get rid of someone, and they get rid of you know so it's kind of it's a terrible situation for these um, and pro- probably Scotland Scotland are going to get done over by this because. There aren't enough. There's only two, you know, two Scottish two teams. Two clubs, isn't it? Yeah. Two um, teams. So where are they going to go? Where mm. are all these Scottish guys going to go if they want to? You know. So I think um, I don't know. I don't know whether there'll be deals done. I think there'll be deals done, and I think there'll be court cases had because I think there'll be some clubs that will go. That's not right. You can't treat a UK resident differently from another UK resident. I know we're not in Europe anymore and all that sort of thing, but I think there'll still be. There'll be more tweaking before it really becomes a thing. Yeah, mind you, the Welsh have been doing it for yeah, and even that. Number of years, I, I'm so. pretty sure if somebody really wanted to, mm. they could follow. Well, it might not be part of the UK by the time it comes in. <laughs> True. Um, right. Uh, what we'll do now is we're going to move on because I think um, say it's difficult to judge these signings because they are pretty unknown. We haven't signed, uh, you know. Uh, a really world-class, well-known uh, player, which probably indicates also the fact that there isn't a huge amount of cash to do so. But um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll obviously keep an eye on these guys, and um, hopefully they do well. Um, we're going to move on now to the um, the Lions and um, what's uh, how the tour's been so far, and preview the upcoming first test on Saturday. 
So uh, the Lions have been um, in South Africa for what three, four weeks now, I think, nearly a month. Um, and um, overall, it's been very easy for them. They had a very decent outing on uh, uh, against the I can't remember who it was now. Was it the Stormers? It was the Stormers. Oh, yes, well, Saturday or so. Yeah, Stormers. But then, uh, but suffered a bit of a a bit of a battering on Wednesday, particularly the first half against South Africa A and an A in very much inverted commas because it was basically the apart from three players, was pretty much well, I like, South I like the South uh, Africa test side. I, li- I like it. No, no, South Africa, eh? No, no. It's it's South Africa, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's difficult to judge because all the other games have been pretty much a bit of a blowout and because the South African teams they've been facing um, have been um, universally <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> I mean, awful, really. Um, they they faced the Sharks was it the Sharks they faced twice in the space yeah. of a week um, and uh, that was just because they didn't beat them by enough points the first time so they needed to go back and beat them by even more the second yeah the Bulls because the Bulls unfortunately had a load of Covid in their, in their camp um, I, what, what's our thoughts on it I, I'll add my two pence worth but I'll um, I'll give you what your thoughts on it Loz start off with mate what are your thoughts generally about the tour so far you just can't tell, can you? Because the quality of the opposition hasn't been there. It's not like when you go to New Zealand and all the teams always seem to be strong. Um, South Africa and Australian tours, you end up with cricket scores being run up quite a lot in the uh, non-test matches. Mm. Um, New Zealand, obviously, you don't so much because of the strength of their um, squads, especially if they play their All Blacks in them as well. Um it's difficult, as I said, it's difficult to judge, really. Uh, the war- main concern was Warren Ball up against South Africa, basically the, the, the unofficial fourth test, their, their, their test side, which were playing, as you said, in, as under the guise of South Africa A. Um, it just didn't work, did it? Nope. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> it just didn't work with the selection. That, the, the, there's, don't get me wrong, you know, there's players which can possibly... Um, do something a bit different now. We've got skillful players which can create a bit more in the backs, but they I don't think they'll be I don't think Marcus Smith's gonna get picked for the test. I think he's gonna go along the lines of Farrell. Bigger is is a bit more skillful than Farrell at fly half, obviously, but um it, it just that was near enough our test team playing in it, you'd imagine. Um mm. and Warren Ball just didn't work. It was smash, smash, smash and the South Africans went, oh, we like this, thank you. This is what we do. But we do it better than you. And, um, yeah, that was that. And that's pretty much yeah. the tour so far, isn't it? A couple of wallopings yeah. and then find out that the game plan isn't going to work against South African testing. No. Jim? Uh, Marcus Smith. I called yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I, said, I said that he should be going. I said he's the best 10 in Northern Hemisphere rugby. And finally, he's got there. And bloody hell, did he play well, didn't he? Against the Stormers. You know, for, for a young guy that's been thrown in at the last minute, kicked 100%. Um, he's, he, he was confident enough to do his goose step, put Zamet in for an awesome try. I'm, it's a big call, but like Lars says, if you try and play the South African game, it'll be a really close one. And I think... For the first test, 
rather than waiting until the third test when you're, you know, two nil down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, looking to avoid the whitewash. I'd say first test. Let's try and play a better brand of rugby, and let's try and beat them with our game rather than beat them with their game, which will be second fiddle at. And and I think Farrell at twelve, uh, Smith at ten, um, and I think it, it's really hard. Like Van der Merwe has played fantastically, um, Josh Adams has played fantastically, um, but I think. Like Loz has said, we've played against really poor sides. So just going by try count, and those two wingers have scored a fucking load of tries. You can't look at that. You've got to look at what they do, and and that's why I'd go to to Zamit. I go to Zamit. Well, Zamet. I think if you're going to go down that way, that's why he's going to go with Josh Adams, isn't it? You think? Uh, I no. I, I well, I just I, think, I think you go Vandermeer for a different team. Josh I, I think Vandermeer probably. Van der Merwe has played fantastically well. I think he's probably got himself into the starting starting fifteen. But I I don't know. Um, but anyway, I think it's, it's all about it's all about for me. It's about playing a faster brand of rugby. It's yeah. about getting getting the big the big beefy forwards of South Africa moving them around, fire yeah. them out, and and because they're not match fit. They haven't played a lot of rugby. Yes, they played one 80-minute game in an A game against not quite our first 15. You know, yes, they beat us. Um, I think if we'd have played our or Warren's first 15, um, we'd have still won that game. But they're st- they're not match fit, and I think we absolutely need to run them ragged. And well, I think as yeah. well that Warren's. He, you know, it's not his first rodeo. He's been very clever, and he's not going to play South Africa A. His his test team is he? He's not going to do that. He's going to try some things out, and you could lose all your games. You lose all your games up to the up to the first test. And um, yes, the media will be going spare and all the rest of it. But if you're working systems and you're working out what you want to do, none of it matters. It's only those three matches that actually matter. Well, I have to be honest. The only thing I disagree with um, either of you on, well, I suppose I don't know if Loz even really mentioned it, but I, I can't see how Farrell's going to be in that, that that starting fifteen. I thought if any player has played himself out of a top a first fifteen yeah. pos- position, it's Farrell against the uh, Afghray. And we talk about how we need a quick, quick, uh, a quick game, quick um, game speed. You need people who are making be able to make decisions. I mean, that first half by Farrell was absolutely awful. And he, he did restore it a little missed, bit in the second that. half. Yeah, well, mate, honestly, the second half, he didn't play much better, but he did kind of improve it a little bit. But the number of times where we have an advantage, I know Snowy's mentioned it in a, a few, uh, before, but the number of times we have an advantage and Farrell, first phase off that advantage is kick it to the, kick it to the to wing on the corner. Why not try and get a better advantage? Rather than having an advantage out on the blimmin' five meter line, or you know, fifteen meters out, let's try and get an advantage five meters out, or maybe. Yeah, try I, I, I don't uh, think it, it, it doesn't make any ten. sense. Bloody if awful. Big, if bigger, if bigger, bigger fits or bigger yeah. start time. But also, I mean, the, 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 the only one you can guarantee, I think, could be in the twenty-three as a back has got to be Elliot Daly, and I'm not saying he's starting, but he covers centre wing three back, positions. So he's going to he's yeah. going yeah. to be on the bench at least. Yeah, if not I think I think Chris Harris would be very very unlucky not to be involved in the twenty three. 
I, I think, think he's been. Right I think you know everyone he went on about the fact. Out. Well, yeah, he's he has been. been. The, 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 it did make me laugh that people were saying, "Oh, uh, Cheslin Cole, we stepped him." Well, better players. Cheslin Cole Harris. was. I was going to say. Stepped every single player. Stepped everyone everyone in the world. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, I mean that was just remarkable what he did there. Um, but then you know Chris Harris boomed him off um, second half and made him look, made Colby look a bit of a tit. So I I I, I think. Chris Harris will be very unlucky not to be involved in the 23. I think Reece Samet, I don't think he's really actually had the opportunity to sort of show how good he is almost. That Josh Adams has got, I mean, that one game where Josh Adams got five tries or whatever it was, it was ridiculous. Every single ball, every single good move that the Lions play went down on the left wing. And Reece Samet barely got the ball. Um, yeah, sometimes Zamet, happens. Zamet would have scored five. If, if he'd been if, given if, those chances, if yeah. Been given the chances. So, <laughs> to be honest you, Jim, Ed, me, either what any of us could have scored some of those tries. To yeah, be honest, uh, yeah, you know, I'm glad you said honest. some, not all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, some involves trickle, running, and that the trickle yeah. would have been deep. <laughs> in two. Well, we'd have um, had to have caught the ball first, wouldn't we? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, there's a, there's a few players that I think have stood out. Again, Atoje, just every time he plays, I, I don't see just why. Different class, he's just brilliant. Um, I, I have to be honest. I think like Luke Cowan, Dicky probably nailed on starter as as hooker um i thought he's been excellent throughout the tour so far um it, although dodgy dodgy um concussion issues as well um remarkable really fair play to him alan win jones because let's be honest i think we all thought that was him out for the tour so to come back four weeks after um or less than four weeks after a um a dislocated shoulder is just superhuman um, and I think the only other player probably that I think is annoyingly is probably going to be in it is because it, because he's now bloody tall captain is Connor Murray. But again, I, I'd argue that Ali Price um, I'm, I'm not has got to start yeah. because Ali Price has been, you know, he, again, just a quicker, more better, better scrum half so far from what I've seen. Yeah, I, I, th- I yeah. think with, with Wyn Jones coming back into the squad, that has definitely... Um, giving Anne Price a little bit of a oh, that's pedant, nice pedant, pedant time. Win Jones has never been out of the spot, he's a prop. Alan Win oh, Jones, <laughs> Alan Win is his name. Oh, thank, you, thank, thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, Lawrence. Like, yeah, we, we, we want to get as many listeners as possible. We can't isolate the Welsh. I'm not isolating the Welsh, I'm just you will. They name Shane Williams is retired, he's the only player they can name most South fans. <laughs> Um, talking about the Welsh, and we'll come back. We'll come back to the Welsh in a bit more detail in a minute because we're talking about international rugby. But I, um, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I thought so. So generally, I mean, what are our thoughts about the first test? Are we? Are we? I'm I'm relatively confident on the basis that I think if you actually look at that that A game the other uh, last week, um, there were very. Uh, Reece Samit was particularly unlucky with the call that uh, yeah. Yaka yes, Piper was. gave. Um, you know, every it, every other man and his dog would have said that was a single placement, not a double movement. Yeah, I think if if you've got Nigel Owens, uh, you know, saying basically he would have given the try, I think you can't have to go with Nigel Owens's view. Um, it's one of those ones, wasn't it? That I think if 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 you've been given against Gloucester, you probably would have had a moan. But when you look at it back, I think you go fair enough. Um, and the fact that they met, I mean, that there was the pretty much an assault on Chris Harris in the build-up to the into the build-up to that. They didn't even get looked at. Um, 
and there was also one on um, uh, what's his name, the fullback uh, uh, Williams, um, which which was like the first minute. I think someone uh, decked him. Um, there were a few interesting, let's just say, non decisions that Jaco Piper gave or didn't give. And um, what's what's the um, what what are the officials for the first test? Uh, it won't French. be Echo Piper. It ain't going to be a South African. I think the French. I've got a feeling. I think we got um, some um, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I haven't been following that side of things particularly. Um, mm. And obviously, the Stormers game, uh, we had Wayne Barnes refereeing. Yeah. Is it good? so? And we've had so we've had South African. We've had um, you know, we've had South African and British English and Irish. Um, yeah, um, it's been stuck so, in English, so um, I would imagine... I think they're, is it they're going to be independent? Yeah, they're totally neutral Yeah, uh, for all three tests. I think there's a Kiwi lot, there's a French lot, and then I think there's a mix. Right. What a feeling. Might be an Australian, but I'm not sure. But yeah, so that, that'll be... I mean, yeah, the refereeing will be the refereeing, I suppose. Um, and and, that, and that, that might be really, really key, because obviously that's um, that's something that you kind of get used to, don't you? you? Get used to the way certain um, certain nations referees referee a game, and specific referees referee the game. And if you haven't had the opportunity just to watch that referee, because if the you know with, with the lack of rugby, if referees haven't been doing stuff and you haven't been watching them and you don't know what they're really hot on, then all that analysis is kind of um, well, it doesn't exist. No. And then the final bit, of course, which which we need to kind of touch on before we break for the second part of this pod, um, is the fact that um, no fans, which I think will have a huge, and it's not, and no tests uh, at high altitude. They're all going to be down at Cape Town, um, so it's it's going to be very much a level playing field in relation to that. There's no uh, no crowd, no crowds, and um, I do think that that both of those things are going to have a bit of an impact, probably as a plus for the Lions. So. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll wait and see. Just, go, just going back to the, just going back to the referees as uh, mm. Nick Berry of Australia, yeah, Ben O'Keefe of New Zealand, and Matthew Reynal, Reynal, sorry, of France. Okay, there All we right. are then. So, good guys. Um, right, we'll we'll pause there. No, we'll come back. It's, it's interesting what you said though, um, Ed, about about that because because actually, you know, I know we're yeah, I know we're um, we're we're tight for. Away games, it's, it's an away game for the Lions, mm. but actually it's almost like a home game because just the amount of travelling support. So I, I'm not so sure. I mean, the altitude, certainly that will that will um, help, yeah. be an issue, but I'm not sure about the actual crowd because I think there's that many Lions fans in the stadium. It's not really an away game for the Lions. Okay, so the second part of this pod is uh, kind of carrying on the international rugby theme, and we're going to talk about uh, some of the international rugby that's happened over the last few weeks. Um, first one, which has a direct influence on, um, well, myself, Jim, Lawrence, and Snowy's plans for a few years' time, is that Samoa have qualified for the World Cup after defeating Tonga uh, over two legs, which means that um, we, will be, we will be watching England versus Samoa in Lille um, in, uh, I believe, October. Yeah, the, the, uh, the stadium didn't get flooded, did it? 
I, I'd be really disappointed if it did, mate, because it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's it was only built in like twenty fifteen or something like that. So it's uh, yeah, they had some devastating you know, floods, didn't they? They did year? have just they did have devastating yeah. floods, and obviously, um, you know, hopefully that uh, everyone, um, well, obviously I know people, some people have unfortunately lost their lives, but um, yeah, so obviously we hope that uh, that it's all sorted relatively soon. But yeah, so that was the first uh, sort of uh, bit of international rugby. Um, England had two friendly, I say, te- test matches. Uh, they should have been over over the uh, other side of the pond, but we played the United States and Canada. Um, uh, our own Gloucester captain Lewis Ludlow uh, led the England team. Uh, what were our impressions of how he got on? Uh, we'll come to we'll come to <laughs> yeah, the obvious in a minute. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't say the leading was a knee bit yet. Um, <laughs> I thought he's done really, really well. I mean. Mm. Um, and, it, and the annoying thing is, I kind of, well, we've all been a little bit, got to keep the penalty count down. Because yep. he is 100 mile an hour, tackle everyone, smash everything, do everything. A little bit frantic at times, trying to do a bit too much. And then gives away the penalty. And he's been brilliant in that regard in the last sort of three, four months. Um, and, I, and I, you know, there's... Think when when records are, are broken, it's and it's like he's the first guy since Nigel Melville to captain on his first cap. Yep. And and you think things like that just don't happen anymore. There will always be a leader that, for example, isn't away with the Lions. So it is so unusual for that to happen, and for him to get that opportunity absolutely superb um and i'm really 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 gutted for him that um obviously the uh the, the game ended if ended for, well it wasn't the game was it it was the um the sighting hearing after the game ended mm. the way it did yeah i mean it was reckless wasn't it i mean it wasn't there was no malice there's no intent it was just a little bit reckless he caught him he caught the canadian guy on the head and uh, and 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 the way that they're refereeing it, and the way they're viewing these sort of things now, it's kind of it is what it is, isn't it? I thought I thought second test actually ge- general play, uh, and actually going about how he got on and stuff actually on the on the field. I thought the second test he seemed more like his old self. He seemed more like the Lewis Ludlow we watch when we're watching Gloucester. Um, the first test he won a lot of line out ball. I think he won everything he he went up for in terms of line out. Um, he was a bit unlucky, I thought, in terms of um, he didn't seem to be getting the carries that he normally does, um, off, particularly against the USA. But second test, you know, he was a bit unlucky, wasn't he? I think he, he, as he just as he went off the pitch, he thought he'd scored a try, and then it was a knock on. I think it was a transfer of the ball, wasn't it? And there was a there was a slight forward pass or something like that. Um, but um, yeah, I thought I thought overall he did all right, and I think. Um, you know, you've got to think of Eddie Jones from Eddie Jones's point of view. He's he's as you said, Jim. He's brought him into the t- into a test side, captain him uh, on his debut, retained him as captain on the second game. So obviously he likes him and likes something about him. Um, it's certainly gone to show how little we know because we all turned around and said he wasn't a decent captain, and then Eddie Jones. Yeah. Not only has he been made captain of Gloucester, all they're all well, behind, all the players are massively behind him as as captain. And then Eddie Jones goes and makes him captain on his debut. And, and do you know why, that, why, that, so. why is that, Loz? It's because we're not in the training camp, are we? Exactly. We, we see them for 80 minutes of a weekend 
we don't see them during the week. And that, as a captain, is a massive, massive role. And, you know, I'll hold my hand up that he is clearly, um, he's proven a point that he is the guy. And, and I was really, really pleased to see he was the guy running around. As soon as there was a try, and obviously playing Canada in America, there's a few tries. He's the guy. It doesn't matter where he is on the field. He's running in. He's slapping everyone on the backside. He's giving them a well done, you know. And and not just the guys that are scoring the tries, but the guys that are making the tries, you know. And that's not him making an effort. It's him doing it, doing what he does. You know, that's yep. just him him being him and motivating his squad. And I like it. I like it a lot. Um, in terms of the actual games themselves. Um... USA, well, but let's be fair, again, before they get the games kicked off, it didn't really matter kind of to a point what squad he put out because USA and Canada aren't very good international rugby sides. Our under-20s would have beaten them. I think, yeah. Uh, Well, let's be be fair here, mate. I think Gloucester probably would have given them a game. Um, So, you know, let's let's be realistic. I think, so there's, there's, there's only... So much you can learn. Um, I think probably the Americans and the Canadians probably learned a little bit more than we did. Uh, I thought the Americans particularly were very impressive second half in that game. Um, it's you can't criticise the English players because you know the majority of them, the vast majority of them, were their first caps. Um, and um, I thought the improvement against the Canadians was was quite marked. Again, Canada are a weaker side than America, but overall. Um, couple of decent nice little runouts and um i'm sure eddie's learned a few more little bits and pieces about his uh, wider squad um moving on to sort of other international rugby we'll talk about wales because it's funny um so the welsh uh played two tests against argentina again they originally would have been in argentina but they ended up being played at the millennium or the principality ah, whatever it's called ah that's why when i was i was watching on s4c yes and argentina with the home time Home yes, and also also, also why there was random um, Spanish and Argentinian uh, sponsorship everywhere. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "What is going on?" Yeah, that's because ah. they technically were the home side. The Argentines were the home side. Well, but go. anyway, um, so uh, first game, uh, Argentina drew. They drew, didn't they, with Wales? I think it was. I can't remember what the final score was now, but they drew. And then um, in the second test, uh, Argentina absolutely thumped the Welsh. Um, and um, it was quite enjoyable to see, really, to be honest. I watched it on SLC like you did, Jeremy. It took me until half time to realize there was English commentary uh, on the red button. Um, what <laughs> I know, oh, you... <laughs> yeah, but don't, don't, don't feel too bad, mate, because the English commentary was Eddie Butler. So, um, oh, well, actually, I'm, 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 I'd rather go with my Spanish. <laughs> yeah. So I was, uh, yeah. So the first half of the uh, of the of the second test, I was watching Barnes for C, and I didn't realize yeah. it was English commentary. I watched I watched the first test on mm. the red button. Right. It, um, there was Wimbledon on um, BBC Wales. There was Wimbledon on BBC One, BBC Two, um, BBC. Red button, BBC Red button, two, three, four, five, Wimbledon, six, seven, eight, nine, twelve. It was ridiculous, and and I've well, I've moaned about the iPlayer app a few times, but to try and find stuff that is currently live is a nightmare. I found it eventually. I mean, what are they doing? I know, I know, I know. Um. So anyway, well, Wales lost their uh, well, they won and uh, they drew one and lost one. 
the Scottish didn't play a single one of their um, autumn, uh, their their summer internationals because they all got COVID. Um, and so that 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 and then Georgia got COVID, so that that ended that. Um, I think the Irish beat the the Americans, didn't they? I think they they got a, an and then Japan. I think they won. Yeah, they their they two beat tests. they thirty nine thirty one against Japan. So that was kind mm. of a, a a good game, you would say, for Japan. Um, mm. You know, to come almost within a score. Yeah. yeah, and then and, um, and then they beat and then they sort of trounced um, America seventy one ten. I mean, that's a bit one sided. Yeah, uh, uh, let's be honest though. Uh, the 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 tour or the internationals that have really stood out um, over the last few weeks has been the French and the Australians. Um, three absolutely wonderful Test matches, um, and um, ultimately the Australians won out in the end, um, despite a red card in their third Test. Against in what the fifth minute? Yeah. Um, against though a very, very, very new under. Well, how you call it? Under inexperienced, inexperienced French side, and I think that should give everyone pause to thought that they were French, but they were players in that French side that I have never heard of, and thought, oh dear God, they look good. Um, so um, that's definite pause for thought for the next couple of yeah. years. Hooper, Hooper had more caps in the entire French squad than they could. <laughs> yeah. That's probably they've about, got, yeah. They've got a home World Cup. They will be absolutely... If, they, if, if they're not favourites, they'll be second favourites. I, I think, think they're joint favourites as we speak with the Kiwis. Yeah, and they've got next year's worth of beating everyone they play, winning the Grand Slam, um, to put them as favourites, and, and I'll be honest, that'll be fun, wouldn't it? You know, if, if it's not England winning, that'd be good. That'd be good for the French. To be you, fair, you as, got... long as, as long as it's not any of the other home nations, I don't care. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I can oh. cope with the French winning it. I just, if can you imagine how how, how oh, horrible God, it would be no. if no, the I Welsh or the Scottish or the Irish? No. You know, yeah, uh, we, you say that, we but jokingly. But at the same time, we don't want the Australians or the New Zealanders. Well, they've won it before. To win again. They've I, won it before. I can cope with that. It's like I, I, I'd know, like Japan to win. That would be great. I, I mean, that would be. I think that would probably suggest someone's been taking steroids. Um, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think it's unlikely that Japan are going to win the World Cup. Um, I just, you know, I, it goes back to I, I kind of. I despair at the pettiness of, uh, of football at times and how, you know, when England obviously got to the final and all the, the Scottish national paper was putting the, uh, I think it was Mancini as Braveheart and saying he was their only hope and all the rest of it. And I just thought to myself, that's how pathetic it is. And then at then I talk about how, imagine how bad it would be if it was Wales versus France in a World Cup final. And you're an English person working out who you want to win. I mean, there's no argument. It's no, no it's not hard, is it? You want France no, it's to win. France, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, a more tough one would be Wales versus Scotland. Scotland, yeah, just yeah. Just go and enjoy the game. I, I, I'd just be, you know, just, I'd be there to appreciate rugby for what it is. Yeah, Wales, Scotland or Wales, Ireland, that would be a challenge. That's, that's, that's when you want, like, a small meteor just to hit the locality of the Stade de France. Um, I think I, I was just thinking where, where you where you go you can't pop to your in-laws for Sunday lunch or something and just totally miss it <laughs> as far away from the Welsh border as possible yeah um, yeah well uh, so that was kind of our roundup of international rugby now I did ask very I did ask last week for um, some 
ideas about what we could also talk about because it's it is you know but not even pre-season yet um and uh I, I one of the things that came back to me was uh, from hazel uh hazel cutting sent me a message and she said that um she just wanted to know about obviously <laughs> we touched on the football and how appalling appalling the racist abuse uh was for the three uh well not just for the three penalty missed players it was for any player that didn't happen to be white from what I can gather um, uh, on Twitter and social media and stuff. And the fact that from her point of view, and I, I do concur to a point um, that there's a different mindset in rugby and the fans don't tolerate things like that in the stands. Um, and that, um, you know, you wouldn't hear national anthems being booed, et cetera, et cetera. Now we kind of, talk about rugby values on the pod and say about that sometimes we can be I think rugby a little can be a little bit holier than thou on certain things and there are a lot of problems in the rugby that football may, maybe is ahead of the game on um, but I, I mean particularly sort of the racial side of things uh, for every fact you know fact that Gloucester, yeah, England fans don't boo other national anthems brilliant we do have a premiership rugby team that uses a Native American uh, name and kind of uses chants and things like that, which are problematic. Um, we do have a song that's sung at Twickenham, which has links to the slave trade. Um, there's a few things that, you know, there's, there are issues in terms of class that rugby and, union and, has and, that football doesn't. And that is, and that is historic. I think people that sing Swing Low, Exeter fans that do the chop chop, they are not racists, you know. Oh, no, I'm no, gonna, no, I'm, I'm not I'm saying that, that at all. But... but I think they, and it's, and maybe if they started, if Swing, because Swing Low is a relatively new thing. Yeah, like um, in 87, I think, was the first time yeah. we got sang, wasn't it? It's, it's, um, you know, things like that. It's like, well, actually, if, if that had started to come around now, it would be, actually that's probably not the best thing to sing because mm. of this that and the other um and someone would have come up with something else and i would sing this instead so it's just i i i think it's absolutely horrendous all the shit that these guys have got um you know the, the penalties might not have been the best but you know abuse them for being a bit too poncy when it comes to penalty taking don't, <laughs> don't abuse him for the colour of the skin that's just out of order what we're saying um, is you should do all do a Harry Maguire and destroy the camera is basically oh, what we're yes, saying yes absolutely I mean, just do God, that I mean this isn't a football podcast but if you're trying to kick a penalty you know, <laughs> do that <laughs> just smash it in the top corner you should be good enough to do that anyway yeah. I'm moving anyway. on but no, um, no, it's a point. It's quite, yeah, it, quite it's, right. I, th I, I think I think um, it's really, really easy to kind of just go, oh, yeah, but we've always done that or we've always done this or we've always done that. And I mentioned it. We've all mentioned it. Um, what was it? A year, a little bit more ago mm. about the extra thing. Um, and I don't I they've, they've kind of made their decision. So unless there's something else that happens um, and, and there's another another big rumbling and moaning. I, I can't see them stopping being the Chiefs and I'm not, they're not going to lose the headdress from their logo and they're not going to lose the Tomahawk chop. No. But 
I think there are a lot of fans that are a little bit uneasy about it. Mm. No, there are, and and I I know that I know that's a, one of the issues is I think within Exeter Chiefs themselves there are a group of people that don't have necessarily a problem with the Chiefs name because actually the Chiefs name has been around um, Exeter Rugby many 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 years before um, the 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 Native American uh, headdress stuff. Um, that was a that was something that was a marketing decision that was made in the late nineties. Uh, has nothing to do with uh, the what how they class themselves. They, the Chiefs were basically the first team. That's how they were they were known um, for yeah. for decades. And, and like Lawrence Lawrence has sort of said in the past, you know, you, the Chiefs the Chief term is not a Native American term. Um, no. It, it's just the person. So we're going to start calling it a main executive officer instead of chief executive. Officer. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, well, exactly. This is the point. Um, I mean, the one thing I would say, though, in terms of the racist abuse on, on social media, unfortunately, it isn't just um, football that has this. There were, no. I was, I was going to come to you on this one because I know that you, you raised this before about it. And, and the fact that there's, there's enough examples um, after big rugby games where this has happened, um, even English rugby players have been abused yeah it, it, I just don't oh, I don't understand what the colour of the skin of someone has to do with how they've played a game of sport or anything in life mm. uh, got, using got, just to take you back to the football as Jim said it was a shit penalty it was nothing to do with the colour of their skin yeah. and it, it's just I I, I you know, you see the, um, you hear about all what the likes of Michael Holden's gone through in, from cricket and and and, uh, and other people like that as well. And you just think, Christ, alive, all because their skin's of a certain colour. And you just think, I don't, I, I can't comprehend why people would be like that. And they, wouldn't, and they wouldn't be like that to their face. If they bumped, if they bumped no. into Rashford in the pub, there is absolutely no way 99.9% of people would would say what they what they tweeted yeah yeah and that and that is and that is something that really needs to change um, that people you know, the keyboard warriors of this world need to just every time they're writing something just stop think would i say this to someone in front of my mum it depends on on how horrendous their mums are <laughs> um but no i know you're entirely right yeah yeah it's it, you know it's okay to be i'm sorry if anyone turns around and says you shouldn't criticize someone for something it's okay to, to be critical of someone if they've not played well if they've done something poorly fine but don't but, but at the same time maybe, maybe, not, maybe not maybe not to their face Maybe not no. to their face, like because no. it is basically to their face. If you're doing it on Twitter, yeah. it's like mm, you can criticize someone in you know, if if you're chatting with your mates in the pub and you go, Oh my god, that was awful, wouldn't it? But actually, when you're doing it on social media and you're tagging the person, that's a that's a bit different. And I think yeah. we need to understand that you know it's not good, it's it's just it's just not good. No. It's not good for people's mental health. It's not good for people. No, and you know, I think de this... development as professionals. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I think it's it's something that we'll definitely um, rugby has to keep its eye on because it's not immune to this. There, we've there's plenty of examples already that have happened. Um, 
in the in the last 12 months um and um it's not acceptable and every single time you see it or hear of it you need to call it out and i think that that's something that rugby it, we can't say that we're better than anybody else you know as a, as a sport the, it, it's something that's it's more of a social problem than a than a sporting problem um yeah. i'm gonna we're gonna leave it in a minute here there but what i want to just sort of um say there's a few other ideas that came through and um I, i'm we're definitely going to look to do these throughout the season first one which was um uh from uh, sean hogarth on uh, on our on facebook um suggested um some away trip guides which I thought was a really good idea. Oh, so, what a banger of an idea that is. That is a fantastic idea. Now, we've all been to, I think we've all been to every single away ground between us. Uh, um, we, have, we haven't done, um, uh, what's it, London Irish, have we? Apart from London Irish, I was going to say. Which we're going to do. We're going to do London Irish because we can do it now because, you know, COVID finishes on Monday. Um, uh... <laughs> the pandemic is over tomorrow. Yeah, pre-season hey, training starts for the Gloucester players and the pandemic is over. Exactly. Uh, apparently Hurrah. that's not happening. Hurrah. Anyway, um, uh, moving away from that minefield. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> so London Irish is the only ground we've not been to. We've been to every other ground between us all. Um, and um, there's potential that we might even get in a ground that um, we're going to visit in a few years' time, probably next season. Uh, not next season, season after, which oh, yes. is Ealing, because we've got Ealing in the pre-season friendly, which I am definitely up for going to. Um, so yeah, unless, if, you're on if, if, if unless I'm in Costa Rica, get cancelled, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not going to be in Costa Rica. Uh, I'm definitely going to be in Ealing. Uh, anyway, I'll, so I'll, well, I'll probably be in Greece. Well, yeah, you'll probably be in Greece. Uh, so that's the first one. Um, the uh, the second thing which which was suggested, which was like an on this day section, which is slightly challenging in the middle of the summer because obviously there's not a lot happened on this day. I mean, even last year, when you consider that the, the season started up again, no. Uh, so what we will do is when we, uh, <laughs> we will. On this we will, day, we lost again. Again, yeah. Um, but Walker, um, Walker Marshall, who, um, who's uh, a friend of the pod, as we would say, and I, I interviewed him uh, last year. Um, uh, he suggested that we try and do um, some, uh, some on this day's uh, moments. So things like, he did say past successes or highlights, lowlights from the past. I imagine there's going to be a few lowlights. Well, we um, could have, we, it could be things like, well, a Gloucester played on the Friday night, but on this day, yeah, then Shedweb exactly. Lions got annihilated by the cherry pickers. <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> again. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, and then um, there's a, few, a couple of other ideas. So Pete Collier put in an idea. He said, suggested that we ch- chat about the uh, upcoming law changes, um, the 5022 law, which is coming in, which... I will, we'll touch on when everyone's around because I really want to hear the thoughts of an ex-prop about that one. What, what uh, we need as well um, <laughs> is we need you to explain what it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few other new laws as well from the, like, the goal line dropouts and stuff. Um, and, um, actually, and actually, you know, on that, there's there's a lot of um, lot of changes to age group rugby as well. There is, yeah, with, with, exactly. With the, um, you know, with the armpit tackle and the waist tackle and stuff like yeah. that. So uh, uh, Richard Jones has also suggested that uh, is there any rule that we all law pedants pedants uh, aware what law would you change uh he said i hate the award of a penalty try and a yellow card as i feel it's double punishment uh which uh, no no, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't agree with that one but it's a good it's a good point to, it's a good um sort of topic i'll tell you, to what, discuss. I'll tell you what i date i do hate i do hate if you knock on mm-hmm. and and it goes dead um like in goal it's a five meter scrum and not a 22 and how, how is that fair? 
Oh, it I see what you mean, yeah, yeah. It should be the advantage of the knock-on. What do you want? Do you want the five-metre scrum? No. Well, I think that might be de- one of the rules that's changed. getting demolished in the scrum. We'll have the 22 thanks very much. Mm. See, so now, you, you're your talking about scrums there. The one thing I hate is the freedom. Of, I know they're not allowed past the flanker back foot. They still manage to get past it. The scrum half. Now, if the scrum half had to be um, at the back of the scrum on their own side... Um, oh, what? Give, then... give, the, give the eight a head start? Well, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It's just that they're interfering too much. As soon as the ball's out there, they're interfering. They're no, no. If it's, the thing is, Lodge, I'm not disagreeing with you. Actually, that could potentially, because what we want is we want we want more scores, don't we? Let's be honest. We want if, the ball in there. If both teams well, can score twice more, let's let's up let's up the bonus point to five. You know, five tries because. Of course, they'd never get one then, would they? If we develop the game, <laughs> if you develop the game to score more tries and make it mm. more exciting, then all you need to do is you just you, you need to change that as well. You need to say if right, you don't have the scrum house interfering with the, the ball coming at the back of the scrum, you might find the scrums have go a bit better as well. So it's the scrum scrum house staying at the number eight's feet on his his own number eight alongside there. Yeah. Then the, you yeah. know, so it, what, or even five see? meters back where the rest of the back. You know, well, he's, he's got to be, he's got to be there, but I would suggest he's got what he's got to be. Um, he can't go in front of the the the, the furthest prop, for example. So he can well, be alongside. I, I, he can be alongside the scrum half at the at the put in and shout to his prop, um, uh, shout to his hooker, ball coming in, ball coming in now, or whatever. Yeah, and then and he should go back point, behind the number eight feet. So if you win, well, no, at that point he's 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 got to make a decision whether he stays that side. Whether he runs around the other side or whether he just drops back behind the eight to give himself either option, but he can't go in front of the prop. I, I, I like that. That worked. <laughs> I, just yeah. confused, man. Just no, I've, I've got no idea what you just said. <laughs> anyway, um, so that well, there's a, this is this is the point. So thank you very much for everyone who's, who's suggested um, some topics, and we will uh, continue to request some ideas and topics because I think it's it's nice to have you guys involved um, uh, in the in the pod. Um, and uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, we, uh, following on from our discussion about American rugby and the uh, the wonderfully named teams from the MLR, um, we've got a, a chat with a, a Gloucester supporter. Uh, who is uh, American, not just American-based, he's an American and therefore knows, uh, well, his words, um, I think I'm just going to bring them up now because he did make me chuckle. Uh, He says, I didn't know, I don't know a huge amount about the uh, MLR, uh, but uh, I can definitely talk around it, which is better than we, better than us, because I barely know the names of all the clubs. Um, But um, obviously he will be a really good person to talk about uh, the American uh, Rugby Union in general, um, why he's a Gloucester supporter, because just why and um, <laughs> i mean you know we can't help it we're bloody live around here but you know you, you could pick anyone from pittsburgh um anyway uh, also um just generally ch- generally chatting about the hopeful uh, chances of an american world cup um and seeing how american rugby has developed over the last few years um so that'll be coming up in a few weeks time um as just part of a little interview um but that's it for the tonight guys thank you very much for your time and um we will reconvene next week after the lines of thump the spring box. Fingers crossed. Oh, yes. um, and uh, yeah. And then obviously the, the next stage is in the next couple of weeks. Once I know that I'm not going to Costa Rica, I can start planning the uh, trip to Ealing. 65 pound on the train return. Oh, so um, I'll be driving. Um, while you mentioned that, <laughs> that, that reminds me that uh, mm. um, Ludlow will be 
Um, looks like he's going to be good for the first um, first game of the season because he's doing some he's doing some sort of head head injury coaching thing. Yeah, he's doing he's doing some community service, uh, which means that he can reduce his number of games from um, four to three. Yeah, and then obviously we've got three preseason games. So against Ealing and one against yeah, Heeling and one against Hartbury, yeah. Yeah, just just chuck in another preseason game, and then he can actually. Then he can <laughs> wouldn't actually. You do, get he wouldn't have to do the community service. No, oh, no, exactly. I think I think it's great that he's doing that. But um, we used we used to have loads of preseason games. I mean, three is actually a lot more than we used to. The last few seasons we've kind of had one or day, two. Mm, yeah, oh, we have yeah. the back-to-backers where you'd have the kids playing against like Hartbury, and then you'd have the, the senior team play against something like like a, a, a top jersey or something. Jersey or something. Yeah, yeah, a better, at, a better championship side. Yeah, I suppose that the, the biggest the biggest shame really in terms of the the the, the preseason uh, this year though uh, is the fact because of COVID um, you can't have uh, a, a, a preseason jaunt to Jersey or a pre-season jaunt across the channel to France, um, which would be lovely, I think, if you're doing that sort of August, uh, timing nicely with the holidays. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, those that ship seems to have sailed. I think there is a... I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to have to try and dig it out, but there was, of course, the very famous uh, Gloucester rugby pre-season in South Africa. Um, and it was... They played... I want to say they played the... Lions, possibly either the Lions or the Bulls, in a preseason game, and uh, the following week or following day or something like that, South Africa played New Zealand, was it or Australia in in a test? It's the one where the referee got assaulted by the random Springbok fan. Uh, yeah, is that it was that that weekend or that sort of mm. week in South Africa? But um, yeah, the, obviously that we're uh, we're a little bit short on that sort of thing at the moment so um all in all hopefully hopefully we'll get back to that soon as i say now covid is leaving tomorrow um but um yeah so we'll we'll um, we'll reconvene next week hopefully a, a nice lions win and uh hopefully also the full team back because uh, snowy hopefully yeah. won't be won't be stuck in traffic and russell will actually be interested ava- <laughs> available uh oh, so, that's, yeah. the that's the one right on that note thanks guys appreciate it Cheers all. Enjoy the sunshine. Cheers. Sunshine. Bye.